0: this morning, thank God for salvation. And uh, I think today was just the day where technology and me just don't mix very well today. Ever have days like that? So last night I charged my iPad so it would be good to go, and my iPad didn't charge. It's only 16%. So if the iPad dies this morning, I've still got this, I think. We'll see. And so we'll, we should be in fine shape this morning. Does that mean it's going to be a short sermon? No, it's going to be a normal length sermon. Coming up for the month of December and next Sunday, so for the, the next four Sundays, I'm going to do a sermon series on Sunday morning. We're going to look at Christmas through the book of Isaiah. And so we're going to go Old Testament for Christmas this year, through the book of Isaiah, and we're going to look at several passages in the book of Isaiah. So on Sunday mornings, we're going to start there, and we're going to talk about this world being dar- in darkness and seeing a great light it will be next Sunday. And then we'll lead into the Christmas time. Probably have all of our decorations up in here next week for Christmas. And, you know, some say, do you decorate for Christmas? Yeah, and I know there are people who don't decorate for Christmas. And you say, where do you stand? I decorate for Christmas. And if you get offended by that, I'm sorry. And I don't get offended that you don't decorate. So we just balance each other out. It's all good. And um, everyone has so many, people have so many different opinions. Have you ever noticed that? Everyone in this room has a different opinion on different things. There's some right now that are probably warm in this room. There's some that are probably cold, and there are some that are just right. And uh, so if we were to adjust for the ones that are a little warm, then the ones who are cold are going to get even colder. And if you adjust for the ones who are cold and turn it hotter, then the hot ones are going to get, it's going to be even worse. And then everyone's going to be all messed up the entire service. And we're going to talk about Thanksgiving today. And so the next few Sundays will be in the book of Isaiah on Sunday mornings. We started our series on Sunday nights last week on the Book of Romans. We're going to stay there. And I was looking. I decided this year to, um, to actually plan ahead, and I've got the 2021. I've got my – it's a sermon calendar, you call it. So I laid out. It's going to take if – and this is if I don't get sick in that time, and the people are supposed to come. If they come when they're supposed to come, we won't finish the Book of Romans till the last Sunday of 2021. Going to be over a year in the book of Romans. So that's going to be that'll be good. I'm excited about it. And last week I felt started out well, and then we're going to continue on tonight. And then Wednesday night we'll have our pie and praise night, which will be a good thing. We look at Psalm 103 this morning, is where our text comes from. Did anyone not get a copy of the outline and you need a copy? I forgot to ask that. Cruz, I always do it when you're sitting down. I always wait till you sit down, but I think you did a good job. Everyone got it, so you're good to go. Psalm 103. And we're going to read the entire chapter this morning. And for some of you, this might be more Bible than you had all week long. So, this is a good way to start out the new week and get some Bible. A wonderful passage, a psalm written by David. We're going to read the entire chapter. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thine diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction. "'Who crowneth thee with lovingkindness and tender mercies, "'who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, "'so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. "'The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment "'for all that are oppressed. "'He made known his ways unto Moses, "'his acts unto the children of Israel. "'The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. "'He will not always chide, "'neither will he keep his anger forever. "'He hath not dealt with us after our sins.' nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as the flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear Him, and His righteousness unto children's children, to such as keep His covenant and to those that remember His commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared His throne in the heavens, and His kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye His angels, and excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of his, that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in the places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Father, I pray you bless the time that we have here this morning. We need you. I pray that you meet with us and work in our lives and our hearts today, and I pray that you would help us this area of thanksgiving as we look at it this morning and may we as your people be a thankful people we love you we praise your precious name in jesus name i pray amen a national day of thanksgiving is a great thing it was established and uh it was established in the 40s i believe late early 40s is when it was established that the fourth thursday of november would be set aside as thanksgiving i know that um president lincoln set aside a day i know George Washington did the same, and it's been carried on, goes back to the pilgrims and the Indians not getting together and celebrating their friendliness with each other, but thanking God for the bountiful harvest that he gave them. And uh, a lot of them, a lot of those pilgrims died coming over of starvation, the winter, the cold, yet they still found reasons to thank God in the midst of that. Um, Yes, it's a great thing for a nation to have a National Day of Thanksgiving, But for a Christian, every day should be a day of thanksgiving. We have so much to be thankful for, and God has done so much for each and every one of us. And we look at this psalm here today, and this psalm really lays it out and explains so much to us. This psalm was written by David. I would imagine as we look at this psalm, we do not know when exactly it was written. I know there are some that say it was written during certain periods of David's life. Reading it through, I would assume... That David is an older man at this time. I would think that the sin with Bathsheba has already taken place because he talks about some of the things that the Lord has done in his life and his thankfulness there. But whatever, and as I read, I kind of see an older man and he sees the serious consequences of what he's done in his life and he sees the awesome forgiveness that God has given him in his life. Now, Spurgeon said about this, Charles Spurgeon said about this psalm he says, As in the lofty Alps, some peaks rise above all others. So, among even the inspired Psalms, there are heights of some which overtop the rest. This 103rd Psalm has ever seemed to us to be the Monte Rosa of the divine chain of mountaintops of praise. I would say, through the Psalm, Psalm 103, mountaintop of praise. And this morning, for just a little bit of time, I want to preach to you about the believer's song. Of thanksgiving. We see number one as we dive in this morning, the request for thanksgiving. David starts out to himself a little bit. Now, how many of you ever talk to yourself? Tell the truth. Now, let's tell the truth here. How many of you actually respond and answer yourself? Okay, just checking. Yeah, okay, see, it's good to be honest in church. And if you didn't tell the truth just right now, God knows you. He knows your heart, and he already knows if you talk to yourself. But we see if talking to yourself is biblical. Bless the Lord, O my soul. David say, hey, David, self, you need to bless the Lord. You need to praise and and bow down before God. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And then he says, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And we see a request for thanksgiving. We see letter A underneath this, that David seeks to man to praise the lord our soul that's our inner being it's our it's us it's who we are and david says bless the lord oh my soul all that is within me bless his holy name maybe david was going through a spiritual slump in his life perhaps his praise isn't as vocal as what it should be and what it is at other times or maybe i don't know what it is but he's challenging himself he's challenging his soul to bless the lord when we think about the word bless here, it means to kneel before another in praise and adoration. It is a call for the soul to give adoration, praise, and worship to a worthy God. And so David, bless the Lord, oh my soul. He's telling himself it's a request that he needs to thank God and praise him for what he's done. When we think about this, you gotta understand something. We talk. About droughts from rain, right? And you know, drought. You know, California has a drought here or there. Global warming, this and that, all that other stuff. I will tell you something that there's a drought. That's a very serious problem in today. And we'll look in just a minute. It is an important thing for and to thank God and to li- and to praise what He's done. And David's recognizing this in his life. And bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. we got to get back to it. It would do us well, all of us, to stir up inside of us this thing of praising the Lord and giving him thanks for all that he's done. And that's what David's doing here. He says, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name. Which leads us to point number two. We see the requirement of thanksgiving. The requirement of thanksgiving in verse number 2. Verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What we see David doing right here is he is warning his soul the dangers of forgetting the benefits of the Lord in his life. The word benefit means dealings. It also comes from the Hebrew root word, for camel and the camel would take you places it has to do with dealings so think about this david's warning his soul not to forget all of god's dealings in his life and how what does it says it indirect it tells me that there are times that david is warning him. david can't Self, you can't forget all the benefits that God's done. It is so important for a believer not to forget what God's done and what he's doing in your life. The word forget here, it refers to a lapse of memory that causes one to wander. Think about that one for a minute. When we forget what we have in Jesus and who we are in Christ, there's a danger that we might wander away from him our praise, our thanksgiving, and as we remember what he's done, it's no wonder that Jesus said, hey, this do you in remembrance of me. Communion, so you don't forget. Because we have a tendency to forget. We let life get us down. We let the news dictate our attitude. We let people on Facebook or any of those different things dictate how we respond and how we act and how we live, and that's wrong. For a Christian, we need to be thankful and live a life of, I've preached it in years past, and I didn't, not this year, but it's not, it shouldn't just be thanksgiving it, should be thanksgiving, it should be thanksgiving. It should be something that a Christian does every day in a part of our lives. And David says, bless the Lord, oh my soul, don't forget all the benefits, all of God's dealings. May I just remind you this morning of a couple things about thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is not an option for the believer. It is a command from God. It's a command. I have many people ask me many times, Pastor, I want to know what's God's will for my life. Number one, are you ready? I'm not God. How am I supposed to know God's will for your life? I don't. I don't know what people think you have just as much access to God as I do. But I can tell you in the Bible, there are certain things that it is God's will for every believer. The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That means for every person, God's will for you to say, Pastor, I want to know God's will, I want to know what God wants me to do with my life. Before you try and figure all that out, why don't you do what God already commands you to do in the Bible, that you know his will. Do the will of what he says in his word, and he'll guide you the rest of the way. Sometimes we get caught up, I've had teenagers that talk to me, and Pastor, what does God want me to do with my life? What does he want me to do with my life? Do what he tells you to do. Just do what it says. The will of God for you today is to be thankful in all things. That's Bible. In all things. In 2020, in everything give thanks except for the year 2020. No. And yeah, this year's been a little crazy. And yeah, there's a lot that goes on, but we still have so much to be thankful for today. And God's will and God command from God is that in everything we give thanks. Ephesians 5, verse number 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. All things. You're supposed to be thankful for all things. i Am supposed to be thankful for a virus going around? Supposed to be thankful to wear a mask everywhere I go? Supposed to be thankful for this? Thank. It says to be thankful for all things. Because you don't know what God's doing behind the scenes of everything that goes on. And may I just remind you, God's still working in 2020. Okay. He is. He's still, he's just fine. He knows what's going on. He's still in control. He knows who the president's going to be. He knows how everything's going to work out. He knows what's going on. He's got everything under control. That's why you can give thanks in all things because God's got a plan with everything. God doesn't just, God isn't like us and runs by the seat of our pants sometimes. He knows what's going on. He's got a plan and his plan's going to be performed and we can give thanks all the way along. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 13, verse number five, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Hey, be thankful. Be content with what you have because you've got the Lord. You can be thankful today. Hey, thankfulness is not an option. It's a command. Let me ask you this morning, are you keeping the command of God? Are you thankful? Oh, I wish my car was like so-and-so's. Be content with what you have. Thank God you have a car. And maybe it sucks more gas than anything else, and you spend, but you still have a car. Thank God for that. There are many people who would like a car. So, no, pastor, I don't have a car. I just have a bicycle. Praise God for a bicycle. And if you don't even have a bicycle, praise God, you got two legs. Think about that. There are lots of people that wish that they had two legs to walk around. So I don't have both legs working very well, and thank God for walkers and wheelchairs to help you out when you need it. Be thankful. Thankfulness is not an option, it's a command. And then you got to think about this, praise is so beneficial to us. We don't realize how beneficial praise is to our lives. And the Bible tells us, and I want to give you a couple thoughts on this before we get into the me of the message here in Psalm 103, but Philippians chapter number 4, it's a lot about this. You gotta think about Paul's in prison as he's writing this passage, and uh, we think about these verses. And if we were to even go back further, verse number four tells us, "Rejoice in the Lord always." And again, I say, "Rejoice." Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand, and, and let your moderation be known unto all men. That's just even, even tempered. Not where you're up and down all over the place. Where you let your moderate, or you can just stay calm in the midst of everything going on. But how does that happen? Look at verse 6. Be careful for nothing or be anxious for nothing. The word careful, anxious, same thing. It says, but in everything by prayer and supplication. And this is where we miss these verses. We miss two key words. We see the fact that we're supposed to go to God with everything by prayer and supplication. But look at those two words, with thanksgiving. Those are key. With thanksgiving. It says, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So as we're supposed to be anxious about nothing, we're going to be anxious in this life. And as we are, we go to God with our prayers and our supplications, but we do it with thanksgiving. That's key because God knows where you're at and God knows what's going on. And you can thank Him in the midst of a storm because He's there with you. There's so much I get into with this. But when we think about how praise is so beneficial to our lives, as we thank Him and go through it, it brings peace of heart. Think about that. Praise is so beneficial because it can bring peace of heart. The peace of God, as with all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And the key is as you pray and your supplication to God with thanksgiving. Because what you're realizing is God's in control and not my circumstance. So praise is beneficial because it brings brings peace of heart. But it also brings you peace of mind. It brings you peace of mind. And so we just read a minute ago Philippians 4, verse 7. We go to verse number 8 of that same chapter. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report... If there be any virtue and hey if there be any praise think on these things. Go back to that verses for a second. Think with me for a minute. Your your weekly routines, your daily things. Go back one more. The things that you think about, are they honest? Are they just? Are they pure? Are they lovely? Are they of good report? Is there virtue there? Is there any praise? Those are the things that we need to think on. And look at what Paul says in the next verse. Those things, the pure, just, lovely, virtuous, good report, praise things. Those things, which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. You see, praise is beneficial because it brings peace of heart. It brings peace of mind. And then you keep reading the rest of the verses in that passage, and the third thing it brings, it brings contentment. It's all key. They go together. The Bible doesn't make a mistake the way verses are ordered. They're ordered a certain way because God knew that's the way we needed them. So as you pray and you supplicate with thanksgiving, He brings you peace. And that peace can calm your mind, and it leads you to contentment. Verse number 10 of that passage, I rejoice in the Greatly that now at the last care of me I flourished again, wherein ye also were careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of one, look what Paul says here, for I have learned, which means it goes against it's something that you have to learn. It's not natural to be content. It's some it's a learned thing. Paul says, For I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. You see, this morning, thanksgiving is not an option. It's a command from God. It's the will of God for every Christian, and praise is so beneficial to your life. It can bring peace of heart. It can bring peace of mind, and it brings contentment with whatever goes on in life. And Paul said, I've learned this. That's why you could read Acts chapter 28 and see how Paul's been shipwrecked and see how he's picking up a bundle of sticks and a viper bites him. And he sees, and the people weren't very friendly. They thought that he was a very bad person for the viper to bite him. A few seconds later, he's still walking around. They're like, he must be a god because the viper bit him and he's still going all around. And it says that he took some courage when some folks came around, and he thanked God in the midst of everything going wrong in his life. This psalm is so important, and David is pleading with himself, hey, soul, David, you know, I'll just apply it to me. Brian, praise God for everything that he does. Worship and bow down before him. And Brian... With everything inside of you, with everything inside of me, I need to praise him. I need to bless the Lord, oh my soul. And Brian, you can't forget all the things that God's done for you. In life, there are going to be times where you do forget. And those are the times that we wander. And we go through a situation, we think, where's God? But God is good all the time. I want to give you some thoughts this morning. We saw, number one, this morning we saw the request for Thanksgiving. Number two, we saw the requirement of Thanksgiving. Number three, we see the reasons for Thanksgiving. The reasons. David identifies eight spiritual reasons that he used to stimulate his heart to offer God thanksgiving and praise. These eight things are great for us as Christians not to forget and to remember. Letter A, we see God's forgiveness. God's forgiveness. Verse number three. If you notice verse number two, and those of you that like English and language, you see there's a colon there, which means the next several verses are going to talk as a continuation of verse number two. And uh, you see that go all the way down to the end of verse number five. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What's the first benefit and reason for thanking him? Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. God's forgiveness. Think about this this morning. In Christ, all your sin is gone. It's been paid for, as we read later on in this passage, as far as the east is from the west. If you travel east this morning and you keep going east and east, you're going to finally get to the ocean. Keep on going, you're going to hit land again, and you're going to keep on going east, and eventually you could end up right back here going east. I don't suggest that's the route you take if you want to get back here. That's going to take you a long time to keep going east. You could go west of here, go in the ocean. You could keep traveling till you hit some land and keep going west until you get to the east coast. You keep going west, and you could get right back here. East and west do not meet. And as far as the east is from the west, That's how far He's removed our transgressions from us. Hey, Christian, you can be thankful today for God's forgiveness. The Bible tells us in 1 John 1, 7, but if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And look at the end of this verse, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. Your sins are forgiven. You can rejoice in that today. Man, yesterday as we're sharing the gospel with those who are getting turkeys and those who accepted Christ as their Savior, their sins are washed away. And what did we do? What did any of us do to deserve our sins to be washed away? Nothing. But God and His mercy and God in His grace. I love in this passage, verse number 14, before He knoweth our frame, He remembereth that we're dust. He knows how we are. He remembers that. And so He... And you could look at at what it says in verse number 10. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Aren't you thankful today that he forgives? The Bible tells us in Colossians 2 verse 13 and 14, And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. You see, he forgave you, and when he died on the cross, your sins were nailed there with Jesus Christ, and you're forgiven today. And hey, as a Christian this morning, too many Christians are living with a lot of guilt in their life. God has forgiven you. Move on, and yes. I'm not telling you it's a license to do as you please and sin and do all these different things. But what I'm saying is quit living with the guilt. God knows your frame, He knows your dust. And as far as the east is from the west, He's removed your transgressions, not because you deserve it, but because of the God that He is. The Bible tells in Ephesians 1 7, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. What are some reasons to be thankful? What are the things we need not to forget? The fact that God's forgiven us. And it's not like our forgiveness. I forgive you. Just don't ever talk to me again. I forgive you, but I just don't like you right now. That's how we forgive. Or I'll forgive you if you do this and this and that. And God says, you trust my son, I'll forgive you. You can be thankful for God's forgiveness this morning. Forget not all His benefits, God's forgiveness. Let her be God's healing. God's healing. We see the end of verse number three: Who healeth all thy diseases? In Him, in God, in Christ, the soul is made whole. So, well, Pastor, I can't thank God for healing. I can barely walk this morning. I have pain. Whatever the case may be, your soul was bound to hell. He healed you. You and I were dead. He healed us. And may I just say this this morning. Your body might not be, and that's what happens. Bodies wear out. I hear people tell me all the time, pastor, this getting old stuff is not the greatest and if you can, just don't do it and we all do it. It's what happens. But may I just remind you of something. Yes, God's healed your soul. He will heal your body too and there will be no more pain. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more death and all of those things will be passed away. He heals. And In your spare time later this week, read Psalm 107, 1 through 22, and it goes into great detail about that. What are some reasons for Thanksgiving? Hey, soul, don't forget all of his benefits. Don't forget about God's forgiveness. Don't forget about God's healing. Let her see. Don't forget about God's redemption. Hey, church, this morning we stand redeemed. We've been bought back. My mind always goes when I think about being redeemed. I go to the book of Hosea. And Hosea's wife leaves and goes out in prostitution and basically till she's not wanted anymore. And God tells, Isaiah, God tells Hosea to go buy her and bring her back home. And God told Hosea, That's what I've done with Israel. They've gone out a whoring on me, but I will bring them back and I will redeem them. And that's what He's done for us this morning. You stand redeemed. We've been bought back. You think about the fact. When Adam and Eve entered into this world, they were made in the image of God. Perfect. God's creation was perfect. And they sinned everything. Today. God made everything right in the beginning. man messed it up. You're redeemed this morning. The Bible tells us in Revelation 5, verse number 9, and in heaven, John was looking, and who's worthy to open up the book and the scrolls in heaven? And they sung a new song, those in heaven, that's going to be us. We're going to be singing this song to the Lord. Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood of every, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and praise God that he's redeemed us. The Bible tells us in Galatians 4, 5, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. You know, you think about it Adam and Eve truly were children of God, they sinned, Sin changed everything. If I could give you a whole sermon and go into great detail, we talk about how man is made in the image of God, right? Well, in all honesty, if we get technical with things, after sinned, man is made in the image of Adam. Marred. Because the image of God is perfect. So think about this. They began as children of God. Sin entered into the picture we become children of wrath. The Bible talks about children of hell. We could go even further with that. And then the Lord buys us back and adopts us back into his family. Think, if you stop and take a thought, think about that just a little bit. And think about this I have four children. I didn't get to go to the store beforehand and say, I want my child to have this personality, I want them to have this color, this way, and this or that. I get what I get. That's how it goes. You know, you could pray for a girl, pray for a boy. You get what you get. That's just how it is. But with God, he knows everything about you and me. And he still wants us and chose us. Think about that. You have so much to be thankful for today. Bible tells us in 1 Peter 1, verse 18 and 19, for as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers. Look at verse 19 but this is what we were redeemed with, the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. You see, hey Christian, forget not all his benefits. Don't forget his forgiveness. Don't forget his healing. Don't forget his redemption, letter D. Don't forget God's grace. We see there at the beginning of verse number four, who redeemeth thy life from destruction. He didn't just stop there. That would have been enough. If he bought me back and delivered my life from destruction, that would have been good enough. But look at what it says. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. See, that's what grace is all about. When we think about mercy, mercy is us not getting what we deserve. And what we deserve is death, each and every one of us. That's what we deserve. God's grace, so mercy is he paid our price. God's grace is the fact that we have the Holy Spirit to live with us from the moment of salvation. God's grace is not only where we save from death and hell, but we get to go be in heaven with him forever. God's grace is so wonderful. You think about the fact, yes, he redeemed us from destruction, but then he also crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercy. That's his grace. That's why a man like John Newton could sing amazing, write the words, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. He knew how he was and how amazing that he would save him. That's why we could sing as we sang this morning, Marvelous Grace of our Loving Lord, or we sing, Wonderful Grace of Jesus, greater than all my sin. You see, in Him, in Christ, in God this morning, we've received grace, mercy, compassion, salvation, and eternal blessings. And not because we deserve it, otherwise it wouldn't be grace. That's why it says, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. And really, you could read in this passage, verse 8 through verse number 18, and see God's grace in our lives. Verse 8 says, the Lord's merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and he's plenteous in mercy. Man, you just read those verses and see the grace of God. God is so good to us. God has done so much. Hey, Christian, with all that's in you in 2020, get back to thanking him. With all that's in you, don't forget all of his benefits. Don't forget the fact that he's forgiven you. Don't- The fact that he's healed you. Don't forget the fact that he's redeemed you. Don't forget his grace this morning. And letter E, don't forget about God's peace. God's peace. Verse number five tells us, Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. I don't know if I've ever preached it here, but when I lived in Montana for three years, I got to preach one Sunday and I took the example of an eagle. And I just studied the characteristics of the eagle for the message. And it's a, because the Lord talks about, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run, not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So I just did some research on an eagle. You can nowadays just go to Google. You can do it all yourself. It's amazing what you can do. You get a book out. You know, it's amazing. Get that book out. and People don't even know what that is much anymore. And um, I better hurry up. My iPad's going to die soon. But... Um, This isn't even in my notes, so this is all up here. I should turn my iPad off right now, but then I used to do where my iPad, the first time I ever preached from an iPad, I forgot to save the setting to where it would just stay on, and so I, if you know me very well, I can't do two things well at once. I can only do one thing at a time, so my iPad locked up on me, and this message was one of those more in detail ones where I needed my notes a little bit more, so I'm preaching and I'm just hitting the buttons to unlock the code. I've missed it three times and I had a five-minute lock on my iPad that I couldn't get into. And so I quit preaching from an iPad for two years because of that. And then about a year ago, getting ready for a Sunday night service, and I couldn't find my paper notes anywhere. Who knows what I did with them? I still don't even know where they went. And, it's, and so that night I preached without notes, which was fine, because if I ever preach, it's all I get it up here. The notes are because I get so easily distracted. Because if you pick your nose out there, you get up and go to the bathroom, you, you give me a dirty look. I lose concentration, and then I just have a few little spots highlighted so I can get back to where I was. That's all it's for. That's all my notes are for, just so that happens. And so you say, was any, none of this in my notes right now, so I'm just freelancing with you. But I did that study on eagles, and it's very interesting about eagles is the fact that they are not the type of bird that likes to flap their wings and fly. They're too heavy. So they can soar if they for the right way right? and it takes little effort on their part and they soar through the air if they just wait for the right air current it's not amazing how the bible says they that wait upon the lord shall renew their strength because what we try and do is this is us and we try and do things ourselves. and god's like just calm down and hold on and he will help you but you got to do it in his timing another thing that happens that verse says who satisfieth thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle's Eagle, after it goes through its midlife crisis, whatever that may be, whatever the case may be, one of the things that an eagle will do, they talk about this time of renewal for an eagle. An eagle gets alone by itself and plucks out all the dead feathers that it has. The dead weight that's holding it back. And it's not a very fun process, and it hurts the eagle to do it, but that process helps the eagle renew itself and be able to go on further. So the Bible says right here, Who sat thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. All things work together for good, the Bible says, correct? I think it says that in Romans 8.28. All things don't always feel good, but they're meant for our good. And God has to work in our lives at times to pluck out those dead feathers and clean us up so that we can move forward and renew us. And so when we think about this, we think about God's peace. The fact that the Bible says, we think about this, in Him we have been given spiritual satisfaction and sufficient strength to get through the journey. And when you stop and you think about that, I think about 2 Corinthians 12, verse number 9. God says to Paul, and he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Isaiah 41.10, the Bible tells us, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Hey, Christian, be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will uphold thee. I mean, I will help thee, and I will uphold thee with the right hand. Of my righteousness. Bible tells us in Philippians 4.13 that I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Bible tells us in Colossians 1.11 strengthened with all might according to his glorious power and all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Hey Christian don't forget the benefits, God's dealings with us. He's forgiven us, he's healed us, he's redeemed us, He's given us his grace. He gives us peace because he satisfies us with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. Not everything is good, but it turns to good. Next, we see God's intercession. Look at verse number 6. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. In him we have one who pleads our case. Hey, church, don't ever forget that. We hear, we hear politicians, we hear people say, I'm for those who are the forgotten ones. May I just remind you? And that's the funny thing. Four years ago, Trump said he was for the forgotten ones. And now they're saying they're for the new forgotten ones. Who's the, it, it's just a game that everyone plays. I want you to understand one thing for sure. You're not forgotten by God. He executes righteousness and judgment. And we hear a lot of people say a lot of things in this world. And there's a lot of craziness and a lot of wickedness that we look at. And you might say, why is God letting them get away with that? Or why is this? And God intercedes. God's got everything under control. He executes righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. You have a voice with God. You might feel unheard of and unseen in this world, but with God you're not. The Bible tells us Romans 8, verse um, 34 Who is he that condemneth? It It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who's even at the right hand of God. Look at this who also maketh intercession for us. Hebrews 7 25. Wherefore he's able to save, able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. The Bible tells us in 1 John 2, 2, and he is the propitiation. He's the appeasement for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And if we were to go back to verse number 1, it talks about how we have an advocate with the Father, which is Jesus Christ the righteous. He pleads our case. He's there. And thank God for that. You can thank God for God's revelation. You look at verse number 7. He made known his ways unto Moses his acts unto the children of Israel. Do you know he didn't have to tell Moses anything? He didn't have to explain or help and go into detail with anything? Do you know he didn't have to tell us anything? You think about this, God's revelation in him, we can know him, we can fellowship with him, and we can follow him. In the first five books of the Bible, the books of the law, right? Was Moses there in the beginning? created the heavens and the earth? No, he wasn't there. Say, how did he know what to write? Because God told him what happened. Who was there in the beginning? Well, we know in John 1, 1 in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You look at the beginning of Genesis, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The Godhead was there in the beginning when everything was created. How do we know that? Because God told us. If God didn't tell us, we wouldn't know. If God didn't tell us how sin entered into the picture, we wouldn't know. God reveals himself to us through his word. It's so important, Christian. Don't ever lose sight of that. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 1, verse 1 and 2, do you have that? God, who at sundry times and diverse manners, spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heirs of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. You see, the Word of God, God's revealed himself. He let us know he created everything. And he's also revealed himself to us in Jesus Christ. Because the Bible tells us, he that hath seen the Son hath seen the Father. And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Christian, you got so much to be thankful for today. David's pleading with himself, soul, don't forget all of God's dealings, God's forgiveness, God's healing, God's redemption, God's grace, God's peace, God's intercession, God's revelation. And then last one, God's sovereignty. In him, we can rest in his control of all things. Verse number 19 tells us, The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Thank God for his sovereignty. In him we can rest in his control of all things. You might be going through it today, but we know Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Now the Bible tells us in Psalm 37 that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. And Job said it well in Job 23.10, but he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. You can rest in him and his control of all things. It's very interesting that David then closes out the psalm in verse 20 through verse 22. Calling on all of creation to join him in his praise of the Lord. He tells the angels to praise, the saints, servants, sinners, all of creation are to offer God praise, glory, and adoration that he deserves. You know, church this morning, we only scratch the surface of all of God's blessings. Only scratch the surface. Think of your family this morning. Think of your church. Think of your Bible. Think of all the material blessings that you have. Think about your health today. Think about the food you're going to eat in just a little bit today. Think about the air that you breathe, the home that you have, the water you drink, the clothes that you wear, the friends that you have, and the list could go on and on and on this morning. Today would be a great day and a great time for God's people to stir up the inner man and to call on our souls to bless the Lord for all that he's done. Be a great time this week. Take a spiritual inventory and thank him for everything that he's done in your life. David says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And soul, don't forget all of his benefits. Why do you think Jesus with the Lord's Supper, this do ye in remembrance of me? so we wouldn't forget we're prone to forget life gets busy we get our focus on everything here a christian that is going to obey the command of god and give thanks in everything must keep their focus on him as we keep our focus on him we realize the fact how praise is so beneficial to us helps with our peace peace of mind as well as our contentment christian you got so much to be thankful for let's make sure we're thankful Let's also teach our children to be thankful. The Bible talks about the perilous days are going to come as we get closer to the Lord returning. One of the things that it says, there's going to be a generation that's unthankful. I think we see that in our world today. Everyone thinks that they deserve so much. We hear it all the time. We hear politicians. You deserve free college. You deserve Health care, you deserve a $2,000 check every month till the pandemic's over. You deserve this, you deserve that. And there are a lot of people that vote certain ways because they feel like they can get all those things. But what that does is you create a society of people that are very greedy. Give me. Yesterday, yesterday, I had someone call me about our turkey giveaway. They're like, because I sent out an email and things, and they said, are you just giving out turkeys? Yeah. No food? Not this year. Well, I don't like turkey. Then don't come get one. No, I didn't say that. I thought it, but I didn't say that. And I had someone yesterday, they're here. Right. That's it, just a turkey? Thank you. That's what should have been said. Because each one of those people that came yesterday, and I understand people are going through a hard time, but you in this room gave of your money so that they could have a turkey for Thanksgiving. And then you have some people just Ungrateful but that's where our world's going but it's getting bad when our children in the Christian homes are the same way gratitude thankfulness teach them to give thanks when mom cooks a meal have them thank her for the meal even if it doesn't taste good thank her for the meal be thankful exactly Be thankful. It just was shocking to me. Just a turkey? Yeah. Just a turkey. But then we had one person drive from the other side of LA to come get a turkey yesterday. Now I would hate to tell the person, but I'm sure it cost just as much in gas to come get the turkey. But they were so grateful for the turkey. You gotta learn to be thankful. And Christian, don't forget all the things that God's done in your life. Take an inventory of it. Teach your children to be thankful. We need to get back to being thankful for what God's done for us. And yeah, I understand this year's been a crazy year. And off, I heard, I heard the other day, and uh, our youngest son likes that little baby shark song just a little bit, you know, baby shark, do, 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 that little song. I heard someone say that, because that came out That was probably last year or things. I said that that was an ancient war, an ancient curse cry. And since everyone said that, that's what led to 2020 and the craziness of the year. And who knows? But, anyways, 2020 has been crazy. It's been absolutely crazy. And it's only getting more crazy. You know, when they tell you in Oregon you can only have six people in your house or we come in and arrest you. If you have more than six people in your house. And then you have just craziness. Craziness everywhere. Craziness. You can still be thankful today. You can be thankful. Be thankful. Don't forget all that God's given to you. Keep your eyes on him. Worship him and praise him. And I love how David, after he got himself stirred up, then he was trying to get everyone else to do it. And that should be how we live our lives. We praise him and our praise leads us to help others praise him. And we all praise him because he deserves it. And if there ever gets a day in this world where no one praises him, the rocks will do it. They're not even that dumb. That's what we get. Be thankful. God's been so good. Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh from above, comes from him. Everything that we have, let's be thankful.